welcome to Rockin' All Week with you, a Happy Days podcast. I'm your host, Dan. This is Season 4, Episode 6. Hey, we are we are at the end of 1976 and the beginning of 1977. This is an interesting one because the first episode here is December 7th, 1976. But then the next episode is almost a month later, January 4th, 1977. So it must have been a heck of a... Heck of a fun time for um, uh, repeats, I guess. They do They do have another season, does have another anniversary clip show in it, but that is not here yet. Um, but yeah, so so we are, we're, yeah, we're at the uh, end of 76, start 77. Richie branches out from December 7th, 76, and Fonzie's old lady from January 4th, 1977. I guess let us begin with Richie branches out. All right, this one is written by uh, James Ritz, directed by Jerry Paris. And this one, it is two weeks before Christmas. This is a Christmas-adjacent episode. Uh, the, the Cunninghams are decorating the inside of their house. They're bringing in the Christmas tree. It's snowing. It's it's chilly. The Fonz is taking his um, annual Christmas photo. Uh, Richie has, has been acting a little distracted lately because he has fallen in love. And he has fallen in love with the uh, gal on, I believe it's the Wisconsin Cola ad there's a big ad basically and there's a lovely blonde gal holding up a um, 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 you know a bottle of um, cola and it says she's like hi you handsome where you been all my life well the, well the she doesn't say that the poster it says that on the poster you know no one when you open it it does it doesn't like automatically say that you know you can say that in her voice if you hey there handsome how have you been all my life? Sort of like that, if you, if you so choose. But Richie is in love with her. She can't stop thinking about her. She, hey, he has a long chat with uh, Mr. C. Mr. C says, yeah, back in the day, he had the same sort of th- uh, thing uh, with Gene Harlow. When they discuss the dreams they're having about these gals, which, you know, um, they don't go too far into that. And Mr. C says, go talk, to, ask some of your friends what they think. They're not going to laugh at you. And it cuts the Fonz laughing at him. And uh, uh, the Fonz is a little disappointed that, that Richie, who's been taught all this great stuff about dating gals, is now after like a more or less an imaginary one. But when a, uh, the Fonz sees her picture and sees some scrapbook cut, uh, some magazine cuttings and clippings that, that Richie has, he's, he's semi-convinced, you know, and um, uh, he's, he looks like he's willing to help Richie out. What Richie does is he goes to the local modeling agency and he has Ralph pretend to be like the head of, what is it, like the inter... It's, I was going to say, International Advertising Agency. I was say the Intergalactic Advertising Agency. It's, 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 it's basically, they're pretending to be part of this advertising agency working for the, um, uh, the Cunningham uh, Hardware Enter, Enter, Enterprise. Enter, yeah, the Cunningham, Cunningham Hardware Enterprises. And Richie R.C. is in charge of that. They speak to this agent who, who was able to get them. Angela Beauvais, who is the blonde in the poster, and uh, Richie says, "Meet, have her meet me at two eight one five Lake Avenue tonight at ten p.m." Uh, she's got a deodorant commercial. She's finishing the fifth day of, and that address is Arnold. So he's going to meet her at Arnold's and take pictures of her. And Richie is, and maybe try to kiss her. And um, one of the things he's trying to do is he's trying to. Um, we'll we'll say, we'll say this after the thing, but yeah. So he's going to try to meet her and make all his dreams come true. Let's leave it at that. Let me play a little blast of this. We'll be on the other side. I just want to mention this before I um, say anything else, that the majority of the second half of the episode all takes place in Arnold's, in the main um, dining area of Arnold's. Normally the show jumps between like the two main sets, the Arnold set and the... um, you know the dining uh, uh, dining room, living room, kitchen area, and sometimes Fonzie's apartment. But this one, yeah, the majority of the second half, like the last eleven or so minutes of the episode, all take place inside Arnold's. That's a little side here. And this one, I mean, the the thing with with Richie is he wants to meet her, and he he has this dream, and in the dream she always asks him, you know, where you been all my life, and he keeps waking up before he answers the question. So he wants to have her be there and so he can 
final sort of the answer to his question, which is kind of which that's kind of nice. And and the Fonz gives a little piece of paper with the answer to the question on it. And when Richie reads that out loud, that's the biggest laugh in the episode, as far as I'm concerned, along with Mister C um, discussing very briefly the dreams he used to have about Gene Harlow. The episode itself is. It's it's very richy it's very richy heavy episode and it's a very rich richy heavy episode almost in the way that um, the first season second season ones weren't because usually and he's sort of in cahooties with someone you know whether it be Potsy or the Fonz or someone like that um, but in this one he's kind of by himself the whole time I mean yeah he has a couple chats with his dad he has a couple chats with the Fonz you know um, there's a sequence where they go to see the modeling agent. And, and and Ralph is there as the as his agent, and Potsy shows up as Mister Mister Tool, singing Mister Toolman, bring me a tool or something like that. He's a real tool, um, and and that scene is all three of them in it. But the two Ralph and Potsy aren't in the rest of the episode. Fonz is is in it some, but not much. But it really is like like Richie and and the majority of that that. I mean, the sequence with Richie and Angela, where he takes some pictures of her and then kind of embarrasses himself a bit, and she learns that he's not really a photographer. He's fell in love with her, and they kind of talk for a little while. That scene, I don't, I don't, I didn't quite mark off how long that scene went. I should have seven or eight minutes, possibly. It's just the two of them. It's this guest actress, Paulette Breen. I want to say is her name. Don't, don't quote me on that. Uh, but uh, pa- quote me on that, Paulette Breen. That's her name. Uh, and um, she, uh, she is, yeah, she plays the Angela character, and and it's really just her and Richie together. And um, we'll we'll talk about that scene in a bit, but it, but it's kind of weird because like everyone does their shtick for just a little bit, and, and Mr. C even even his like chat with Richie is almost like shtick chat, and then the Fonzie, the Fonzie, Fonzie has a couple nice moments in there, but it's it's kind of a weird. It's kind of a weird episode because it is very Richie heavy in a way that Richie heavy episodes haven't been. Maybe ever. Well, they probably were back in the day because it really cause that kind of focuses on him, but it's not. But he's no longer the main character, so it feels slightly odd throughout. It isn't like early on, you know, when you know you'd focus on Richie's room and you'd see all the stuff in his room and the, you know, and it would just you'd follow Richie as he was doing his thing. This is clearly sitcom shenanigans. You know, he's seen an ad with a woman. He's fallen in love with her. He can't stop thinking about her. So he goes to the model agency that she works for and hires her for, I presume, like a half an hour or so so he can tell her he loves her and, and try to give her, give, her, give her a smooch. That sounds really gross sort of when I say it like that. And to be honest, I watched this episode twice. I don't have to be honest about that. I always watch the episode twice. I watched this episode twice. To be honest, the first time I watched it, I like the Fonz in it, and I like Mr. C in it. Ralph and Potsy are doing their best with the scene that isn't that great. Uh, Ron Howard is really, um, ever since, I think we talked about the beginning of the season, I, I think I mentioned that, you know, ever since he, you know, they pretty much said the Fonz is going to be the lead in the show, and it's going to become an ensemble, not just about Richie. Ever since he's decided to stay after that, Richie has been... I wonder if Ron Howard is actually sort of going out of his way to make Richie a little less likable. Because um, there are a few moments, certainly, in this episode when he's like, but we all get that. We all can think of a crush, someone someone in a, you know, I was, um, I hit puberty in the middle to late-ish 80s. And so I was seeing a lot of rock video gals. I was seeing, like, Samantha Fox, um, uh, uh, Mary with Children started Christina Applegate, you know, and, and those were the kind of the gals I was seeing and going, yeah, and having the same sort of thoughts that I'm sure Richie is having. Um, mine were probably a little more advanced at being the late 80s rather than the late 50s, but who knows, maybe they weren't. They could be randy sons of bitches back then. So regardless... Uh, we all, we all. I mean, we all have, regardless of who who we love, who who we find attractive, and such. I think we all have, we all have that uh, that moment where um, you see someone who you're never going to meet, probably, and it could even be someone like you're in school with, or someone who's just like in a sort of a clique or a part of the school like that that you can't get to, and they just become. And you think about them and you create the whole, the, everything's in your head and you have this whole beautiful fantasy world for what's happening with that person in you, in your head. And, um, and that's what Richie does in this. And I think that's a very believable thing. I could, I, you know, I could, 
see that happening you know and they can all everyone can tell in the house that richie is is in love because he's eating all the time and he sees absent he seems absent-minded um and granted i will say that his falling in love with the girl in the picture seems to me the more the sort of thing i did when i was like when i just hit puberty and i would be like and like one day i was fine going up to girls and just talking to them and then the next day i was like and i couldn't i couldn't say a word and so it was easier to you know buy you know buy the sports illustrated swimsuit issue and sit there and go oh yeah this is my lady oh yeah you know it's kind of stuff like that and that's kind of what Richie does like I said he seems a little too old to it old for it but he's able to actually get in touch with her and and meet her and she's lovely when when she meets her it's the first time I watched this episode it mostly got on my nerves and when I got to the sequence with Richie and Angela I actually did something I never do I fast forwarded over little bits here and there I could see what was happening and I remembered it from the past and I was like I'm not particular something about it was really skeeving me out like yuck like and I mean the thing is like I mean oh I guess I guess this doesn't matter really but I was going to say if it was something like where where this was like if Richie was like you know 50 and was asking like a 20 year old girl to do this uh that might be skeevier but there's something about I mean the gal I mean the actress I think was like 28 or 29 when she did this and ron howard how old is ron howard well i mean richie's supposed to be like 17 and she's clearly the 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 angela and this is clearly like in her this is meant to be like in her mid-20s i would say um and um i know richie's had some dealings with older ladies before in the show i think the reason why i didn't like the first time is that angela she she starts off like when richie's just be an idiot she's kind of rolling with it my theory is she's getting paid for her time you know it's like a half an hour and so if she's with some idiot who doesn't know the way this works you know as long as she's doing her best and she's doing what she needs to do to make her the way she earns which i'm sure she's getting paid really well so i don't know i mean i almost want to say they probably just paid her for like 15 minutes or something like that i don't i don't know i mean they say they're they're pay- she this is late in the evening when this is happening and this is two weeks from christmas like that the 10th the 11th something like that of december i I think if i sort of map it in my mind it's like richie trying to be cool not succeeding basically saying here's what's going on and then he reveals his thoughts to her and i think the thing with angela that's tricky is that when she is talking to him there is a a mix of oh i get it i get what he's up to okay he's just this dumb kind of innocent kid and yeah i I get what's happening here um but occasionally there's a moment on her face where um like when she's when she's walking out there's a moment on her face where you can't it looks like she might be slightly disgusted for a second but then she kind of like goes up to him and 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 kisses him and um and then and then they look at each other right there you know she says she's engaged when she looks at him right they look at each other right there there's almost a look of like love's love's lost two ships passing in the night and so i i am i guess i now now i hate i'm not being a jerk but i'm slightly confused richie richie keeps his even keel the whole time i just can't gauge angela's character because like i said at first she's like okay this guy's a bit of a dope oh i get it oh okay he just wants a moment with the 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 fantasy girl who's in the picture oh okay i'll be nice so i'll give him a little kiss but then of course then like i said there's a moment where she gives him a look like (sighs) me and you we belong together but then there's another moment where she gives him a look like what do you want and then the final look she kind of gives him is when he says when richie says his final line to her her look is to me is sort of a mix of that was kind of funny what you just said i know the audience enjoyed it that was kind of funny what you just said um but we're also at the end of my 15 minutes and i don't need to be nice to you anymore and it, it's just it's 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 weird because I would have loved to have seen the rehearsals for that, how they worked that through. And that's, that's, the thing that, that's the thing that bothered me the first time I saw it, is because I thought it was going to be just a straightforward Angela being like, okay, he's a confused kid, but he's paying for the time. 
and I'm going to be just pose for him because that's what I'm supposed to do. Again, I'll give him a little kiss. That's not what I'm supposed to do, but I see what he's up to, and I'll never see him again, uh, which is correct. Um, but there's something about a few of the looks and a few of the lines that that confuse me. And um, because I think, to, in my mind, there shouldn't be a moment like once she said, once he finds out what she, she finds out what he's up to, and when she says, "I have a fiance," there shouldn't be a moment. I mean, she can it's, it's she could have a fantasy moment with him because that's what she's doing when she goes up to him. She's 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 basically enacting the character on the poster. Um, but maybe she's still enacting that character on the poster when she gives him that longing look I guess that could be it I hadn't thought of that I hadn't thought of that I thought because she turns around and gets ready to leave and then throws him a look and maybe that's meant to be that sort of okay well that works too if you think about it um if uh, she goes, she, she's doing the fantasy. She kisses him, and then she turns away. You know, says she has to leave, and then she gives him a look like, "Oh, things have been different." And at that point, she's still in fantasy mode, and she leaves in fantasy mode, and like she can't, she can't stay because she, this 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 young man is too much for her, and she has to go. Um, but then, then Richie throws out the rather Richie rather than letting her go and letting the fantasy close on. We met, we spoke, our love became infinity, our real life fantasy. That was from Polyester, the great John Waters film. I, um, um, we met, we spoke, our love became infinity. And that's that, maybe I got it wrong, maybe, because the second time I watched it, it still bothered me, those looks and the, the confusion there. Um, However, the second time I watched it, I'm here at the start of the Christmas season, and I'm more Christmassy. I, when I first watched this, it was a couple of days before Thanksgiving, I was in the Thanksgiving mode, and I'm very strict about my, my modes. Thanksgiving ends, and you have a few days of hang time, and then Christmas season begins. Um, so watching it now, I quite liked it. I liked, I love the Fonz's Christmassy scarf. I love the Fonz taking the picture with the, the gals. Smile your brains out, gals. I like the fact that... um. He trusts Richie so much that Richie only takes, for his Christmas card, Richie only takes one photo. And the Fonz trusts Richie so much that he lets that that one photo will be enough. I love Al dressed as an elf. I think the joke with him having the lens cap on, the joke with him lens, having the lens cap on works if what he's looking through isn't what the lens cap is seeing. Um, cause that is, now I've never, he's using one of those cameras that you look into the top of and there are like two lenses, like one, on, uh, uh, one, two lenses pointing at the subject, one sort of on the top and then one on the bottom and the one on the bottom has a lens cap on it. I never use one of those. I've used many cameras. None of the cameras I've used, all the cameras I've used, if you look through the, 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 the viewfinder, you're seeing what the lens sees. And I, and the reason why I say that, um, I don't think it's a good joke, the lens cap thing. I don't think it's a good joke. And I don't think it's a good joke because if I was, when I was 17, Samantha Fox, I guess I'd, I'd take, either, I'd love to take pictures of either Samantha Fox, either either, either one of the, the, the lovely ladies. Um, and, and, and I was going to do a photo shoot with them for one of them, with one of them for, for 15 minutes. And they were in, like, she is in, like, overalls and little shorts and high heels, like, great legs posing in front of me I would make sure I had the lens cap off sorry sorry that just seems ridiculous to me so I'm thinking and this this is me and I, I'm sure someone can tell me this but I am thinking that when he is looking through the viewfinder from up top I bet you he is is he seeing out of that top lens I don't know the way the cameras fully were I guess I could look it up but but the thing about it is I think when he's looking through it, it's meant to be that he's so he's so sort of high and enamored of what's going on that he doesn't realize that he's not seeing anything, he's got the lens cap on. But my thing would be like there's a run where she's like on the booth and she does like four or five poses. She like sticks her tush out and she puts a leg up and she opens her legs a bit and she bends forward and she's doing this. And the whole time Richie's just staring at the viewfinder going, Oh, that's great. Oh, that's great. 
Oh, that's great. Oh, that's great. Shouldn't you take the lens cap off? And then he does have a decent line with, um, that's enough pictures with the lens cap on. The thing about it is that it it doesn't make sense to me that if he's been waiting so long to meet her and she's posing like this in front of him, that he wouldn't be able to see her. So I'm wondering if he is, through the viewfinder, he is seeing through that top lens, but that's not where the, the image that's not where the you know the the shutter the frame is is opening up opening and closing there's probably some, maybe some sort of ad, adaptation within the view i mean you get that with um you used to get that with like some film cameras where when you look through the viewfinder what you saw what was it called i want to say parallax but i think i'm lying um but what would you um when you look through the viewfinder um sometimes some cameras you look through the viewfinder what you see through the viewfinder is what you get other cameras you have to make an adjustment within the viewfinder because you're actually seeing slightly to the left of the viewfinder sort of um your best example for what i'm talking about if you think like damn what are you talking about um there is a film by a guy named michael j murphy called the invitation to hell it's about 40 45 minutes long it's a horror film it's super fun it's british and in that one you will see a lot of weird and i may have I feel like I mentioned this movie before recently. If I mention it here, I apologize. Because um, I just rewatched it recently. And um, in the, I have it on VHS and I have it on DVD. DVD is the 185 aspect ratio and you can really see it on here. But he says, the director says that the camera he got to use, he didn't know that it did that. So he shot a large portion of the film before he realized that he should have been adjusting um, the frame within the viewfinder, and so you get um, you get quite a few scenes, especially early on. There there is a scene where a guy is dressed at a masquerade party as Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, and you're supposed to see his Doctor Jekyll side of his face, and it's like, oh, Steve, what are you? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm facing away from the microphone here as I'm doing this, like you guys can see what I'm talking about. I'm actually looking at myself in a reflection here in the darkness. Hello, me, um, and um, uh, there is the. Um, the uh, uh, so so the camera's supposed to be looking at the 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 um, uh, uh, one side of his face and oh it's and he's introducing himself you know showing his costume off to his wife and his wife's uh, friend and say well it's me Doctor Jekyll and then he turns and then you suddenly see like the whole other side of his face is all hairy like almost like a wolf man and Mister Hyde the problem is that if you watch that shot the um, the framing is off because of the the viewfinder and so. Um, uh, so when he says it's me, Doctor Jekyll, he's turned in just such a way where you can see kind of the hair along the edge of his face, and you're like, um, might that hair be something to do with Mister Hyde? And that happens quite often, where characters will be um, uh, having a conversation, and they should sort of fill up the frame, but there's like, it's it's like it's like bad snapshot photos that your family may have taken decades ago. You know, we're like, okay, everyone, get in the frame, get in the frame, and everyone's crowded in the frame. They take the picture, and like everyone's crowded over into the two thirds of the frame on the right, and on the, the 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 third on the left. There's nothing there. There's just open space. You know, just it's bad, some bad framing. And so I'm thinking in my mind that Richie is able to see through that top little lens there because that's why I mean he has the woman of his dreams at that moment just bending into every position that you can do that doesn't involve you know clothes coming off um and and very sexy and 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 he he never lifts his head up and looks at her throughout the scene she does these four or five different things and the, the point of it is that she does all these different things and she's doing that and by she gets time to get to the third one she's like how about i do this how about i do that how about i do this knowing that the lens cap is on she makes the joke he's embarrassed he takes the lens cap off but why isn't he looking i know this is a long way to get to this point but that's just i think it's a bad joke i don't think it's a i think his the lens cap on a joke afterwards is okay and then he does a callback to it later that's okay but the fact that he has the lens cap on to me seems ridiculous um so he must he must be in my mind he must be able to see her just the viewfinder does not match what the lens cap sees he he would have something masked off in the viewfinder saying this is what you're seeing and he doesn't realize because he's not looking through the lens He's looking through that other lens that the lens cap is still on because he's so nervous. And the funny thing is, to me, if you... I I don't particularly think the lens cap is on thing is funny. Um, but I think if 
I think it's slightly more amusing that he's if if he's actually looking through the viewfinder, seeing through a different lens at her, but he has the lens cap on the lens he's supposed to be using. If 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 he's so enamored that he doesn't kind of kind of realize that 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 part of the gig is up, you know. Um, uh, so jig is up, jig is up. But yeah, so anyways, it's. I mean, I, I could go on about this one for a while because, like, like I said, the first time I watched it, I didn't really. It was. I kind of annoyed me. The second time through, I, I liked it more. But I still that that scene with the scene with Angela. I I really do feel like. Remember the stripper back from season one. I, I hate to I hate to call I hate to do that. But but it's it's sort of like Richie having like. Remember the older woman. You know, from season was it season two? You know, whenever whenever Richie gets involved with older ladies, um, they're usually able to sort of calm him down and just kind of you know even if they do kiss him, calm him down to sort of like okay, Richie, you're gonna be all right. Um, and and Angela kind of does that here. And if she is doing the if if she goes into her that character from the point where she goes in that character goes over, puts her hands on his face, kisses him. Walks away, turns, gives him that longing look, and then says bye and begins to leave. If that is her all in that character, then that's an excellent scene. If her looking at him longingly after being in character is meant to be like, that kiss from Richie Cunningham was so good that I'm leaving my fiance for reals, then that's, I don't think, is good. And that's actually kind of slightly yuck. Richie's already being young, but R- Ricky, Ricky, Richie, Richie's already being young, but Richie's been on and off a um, kind of a jackass throughout this season. Um, you know, I applaud him going to the agent's office and trying to do. I like the fact that they do try to do it legally. I mean, if they can, you know, get get if he if they if he goes in there and he pays for fifteen minutes of her time, as long as he does nothing untoward, then he he can meet her and everything like that. I understand that she is getting paid, so she she's there doing her thing. Yeah, not a, not a favorite episode of mine by any stretch. The thing that the thing that I really like about it is the is the um, Christmas background. I really like the fods in it. Richie, I'm a little iffy on. Uh, Angela, like I said, Angela, I quite like up until those last couple moments, because you see as she's walking away, and then he, she kind of he says, "Oh, Angela," and she turns and looks. The look at her face right there is almost like. Like it's, it's almost like um, slightly annoyed and slightly like exit stage left. Let me go. Let me go. Don't don't call to me. And and what Richie says, and I'll I won't spoil it, but he says something that's kind of dumb. Like I said, and she gets looking at her face, like ha ha, and leaves, and they'll never see each other again. And um, she she deal, deals with it well. She deals with it tactfully. And I'm hoping that what I just thought of as I was talking to you right now is the way it's supposed to be looked at. I mean, maybe all of you watched it, and that's exactly how you saw it. The problem I had is I was so sort of um, focused on Richie kind of being slightly gross that... Um, and the, tree, the thing is, too, that Angela isn't going to appear again. So it's not like, it's not like Angela's going to suddenly, you know, show up and say, Oh my God, Angela. You know, oh my gosh, you, you're not marrying that guy. Do you want to marry me? No, she's never going to appear again. She gave, um, you know, she helped a, a young man fulfill a fantasy by kissing him for three seconds uh, right before Christmas, and now she's gone. You know, but she got pretty lucky there because he gets to meet her and kiss her, and then Fonzie shows up and gives Richie his, his um, Christmas gift early, which is um, a date with one of the Polanski twins, and they're both out in a car, so they go out for a date with the two of them, and Fonz is going out with Linda, Richie is going out with the other one. Laura? I don't know what the other one's name is, but... Yeah, that's Richie, Richie branches out. Um, I, I think I, I branched out on that one. I went on off, off on some tangents there, but it's, it's, a, it's a slightly strange... It feels... To me, it feels slightly disconnected. It doesn't... For being a show with such a really nice ensemble, this doesn't really feel like an ensemble show. It fe- it feels more like it, it kind of feels like a, a first season show or something, but it's not as um good as that. Um, it does have some laugh out loud moments, but it it just feels it 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 feels where I wish. I guess I wish they would have come up with a better story at the end of the day. 
I guess that's that's kind of what I was hoping for. So, um, but the, def- the the story definitely has its moments, and I guess if anyone in listening, one can tell me about that camera. Is he looking through the viewfinder? Go through the lens. He's supposed to be taking the picture through. And two, what do you think of of Angela's responses? I think she is um, doing her best to be a good model up until it's obvious that he's a dope. Then she's being her best to be be kind to him, and then she is indulging his fantasies just enough. And then, um, then she. Uh, then she leaves, and but what are her the responses on her face? I, I don't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna leave it there. But I will say, um, what what is what is it? What is it? The Fonz's line, like where you been all my life? Hey, put it right here, baby, or something like. That. I forget. I forget what the line is. But it's um. Actually, let me see. I, I think I got it right here. Let me see. Okay, the line is you know it's a hey where, where have you been all my life? Hey, put one right here, baby. It's a great line, and both Richie and Angela are confused by it. So, um, yeah, it's a. Uh, I was gonna say it's an interesting episode, but at the end of the day, it's it's a fairly average, maybe less than average episode of Happy Days that has its moments. I think the reason why I'm focusing on it so much is because it's Christmassy, and I want to bring all the my thoughts on Christmas out of it. In there, I mean, I'll just I'll just say Mr. C and Richie show up with a big tree. And they they're setting it up in front of the right by the fireplace, and they're setting up two weeks before Christmas, and they're decorating the inside of the house. And it looks fantastic. And again, you could tell that people on the West Coast designed this house because when Mister C brings in the tree, he gets snow, well, fake snow, but he gets snow all over the living room rug. And if he, I mean, you know, you know, like where 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 I grew up, um, and on three thirteen Berry Road around Decoit, New York, you know, we had you you would take the tree out of the um, car, and you would go in, on, and then you and then there was an enormous po- enclosed porch area, and you would bring the tree out of the enormous enclosed porch area. And it usually had snow on it, and you let it sit there for a while, and you knock all the snow off it, and you get everything off it because it didn't matter. It was the porch; there was no heating there. It was just a couple chairs. It was a way in and out. And then when things had calmed down a bit, you, and then you would set the space up in the living room, and then you would bring the tree, and you wouldn't get snow all over everything because that's not a good idea. And you don't leave the door open as long as they're leaving open when it's that cold. I mean, where were you raising a barn so you could tell? as I've mentioned before, that this was not made by people who grew up somewhere cold um, because they're designing the house the way my house is in Los Angeles. Like I've said before, you open the front door and you step right into the living room. So when we step in with our tree, our Christmas tree, my wife and I, yeah, we might get needles, pine needles and things everywhere, but um, there's no there's no snow or, or muddy footprints or anything like that. That's why you have a mud room. That's why you have a porch before you enter the main area. So I'm going to stop talking about Richie Branch's hut right now. Um, I'm going a little overboard there, but let's let's head on to the um, the next one, which is uh, Fonzie's old lady. And what I'm going to do, I told you the date was what January fourth, nineteen seventy seven, I believe. Let me actually play you a blast. I'll be on the other side and give you a little breakdown, and we'll we'll talk we'll talk all over it. Here you go. It's late. It's late. We gotta get on home. It's late. It's late. We've been gone too long. Checked our time, can't phone. can't phone. We done spent every dime. It's late. it's late. We're about to run out of gas. It's late. It's late. We gotta get home fast. Can't speak. can't speak. We're in a slowdown zone. Oh, baby, look at that clock. Why can't it be wrong? If we could have left home at a quarter to nine, would have had fun and plenty of time. We got started just a little bit late. All right, Fonzie's Old Lady, written by Marty Nadler, directed by Jerry Paris, January 4th, 1977. Uh, This one, uh, the Fonz meets an older woman, I guess. She meant to be 10, 15 years older-ish than he is, uh, named, um, I think, Adriana Prescott. And he was fixing her car. And she comes to pick up her car when the Fonz is in Arnold's. And they kind of hit it off a bit and flirt a bit. And she invites him to play tennis. 
He's never played tennis, so the Cunninghams help him out a bit there with a virtual tennis match in the living room. They play some tennis, and although it doesn't go well, uh, they still continue to hit it off. Uh, the font seems a little c confused or worried or something about the fact that she's older than he is, and not usually he goes out with gals younger than he is. Um, Mr. C, um, and he's acting really weird about it. Uh, the Fonz is acting kind of weird about it. Mr. C and Richie are both like, why, why are you acting like this? And um, and Mr. C says, well, it's not that it's not, there's nothing to do with uh, her being older or anything. It, it's it's to do with um, uh, the, that you're such from such different circles. You know, you you go to the, the you know um, you know drag race and and she goes to not that RuPaul drag an actual drag race drag race. You know, she goes and plays tennis. You know, and and goes to the opera kind of thing. I don't know if she said she goes to the opera. Um, and uh, and Mr. C says, you know, so so you went to where she was, where her, she does her stuff, and her friends are in tennis. Uh, have her do something else. Well, how about the sock hop, the dance, the spring dance, whatever the heck it is at um, at uh, at Arnold's. Okay, so they bring her over to the dance, and she she's great, and she dances, and she's having a great time. Um, you know, Patsy and, and Richie and Ralph and that young woman whose name I don't think we've learned yet is playing. Are playing? She's playing drums, and they're playing, and they're having a great time. And, and Fonz is having a great time with Adriana, and and unfortunately, he learns a bit of information that kind of um, brings everything to a halt. I'll stop my stop my breakdown there, and say say this. Now, somewhere in here, I, I lost track of, of the timing on these episodes, but I think I had said that the previous Christmas one, the, um, no, that doesn't make sense, the, the previous full-on Christmas episode, Guess Who's Coming to Christmas, I'd said, I think was 57, and I'm going to have to say that the one we just talked about, Richie Branches Out, Christmas Adjacent, is, must be 58, because at the spring dance, the song they're playing when it starts up is, um, It's Late. Uh, which is a song Ricky Nelson recorded and was on his album. I want to say Ricky Nelson Strikes Again, but I, I forget exactly what the name of the album is. Ricky Sings Again, which came out January 59, and his big hit off that album, I think it went to number three or number nine or something like that, was a cover of the song It's Late. The fact that they're doing this song at the Spring Dance to me says it's the, it's the newest hit that they're playing. And so we are in spring, probably, I'm going to say March, maybe even April, of um, 1959, which in some respects doesn't make sense. Well, no, I guess it does, because the guys are graduating in what in like June. This this is this is when they graduate. This is the you know they're in their senior year, and there's but there's there's a kind of a thread running through it that they go to like a not a recruitment but um, meeting but like a thing for the University of Hawaii so they can see all the hula girls and things like that. And I would I've thought in March or April have been way too late for that because if I remember correctly when I applied for colleges and stuff um, my acceptances or declines or rejections uh, were coming in by Christmas of the pre you know like I, I started college in, in autumn of, of 91 and I remember there's there's actually um, on our Christmas 1990 family video you've seen it uh, there's a bit where uh, my stepdad yells out something as the, as as I'm fading something out. You hear, oh, Danny, congratulations! I just uh, I, you're, you know just told your mom just told me that uh, you got accepted to I think it was Penn State, and I was oh you're welcome. I didn't go to Penn State, but so so I I think by that time you would have already turned in everything and been waiting to hear back. Um, so, so they must be going just for fun. Maybe Hawaii, uh, University of Hawaii is on a different, you know, the land of Dog and Beth, you know, is on a different, the land of, you know, Bookham Dano and such is on a different wavelength than uh, the rest of us. So they could still be going there. And, and Hawaii just became part of the, 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 the union. So it's, this is maybe like their first big push to get people to go to University of Hawaii. I would have loved the scholarship to University of Hawaii or somewhere in Alaska, maybe. Um, Anyway, so I'm setting this, this we're around March or so, or April of 1959. It is the spring dance, and we have hopped ahead several months in between this one and the previous one, which again, as people have said, you know, at, at this point in the show, there's no, um, these, these episodes could be taking place at any time, randomly, you know, the next episode could take place in the middle of winter and put us back a couple months, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, this could be the spring dance for, for uh, 1958, for all we know, although of course it couldn't be the spring because I just said the song. I'm an idiot. They do splish splash too, but they constantly seem to do splish splash. The most interesting thing to me about this episode is 
a thread that runs through it that is in, isn't really remarked upon, but is something that will become important later in the series, which I will probably talk about after a little bit. But let me, um, yeah. If, so let, let me get my, my thoughts on the episode. Are um, I wasn't terribly thrilled on Richie Branch's out. The Christmas stuff in it was was my favorite. Um, there were a couple good laughs in it, but but mostly it it felt a little. Not not tired, but a little, eh, just okay. This also feels pretty, eh, possibly more so. Um, the ending, the the kind of, um, the the Fonz's attitude throughout it, going out with an older woman, and sort of the ending to me, seems strangely muddled, as if maybe the episode should be longer, or maybe the episode was written differently originally and then was rewritten in a way that makes it um. <sighs> I'll ruin the ending, but it just... It, it feels like an unsatisfying episode to me. And there will be plenty of Happy Days episodes that are like this. That begin, you know, and immediately introduce the plot element. And then we'll spend 25 minutes with jokes and gags. And sometimes we'll keep the focus. Sometimes we won't. And and then in the end, you know, it'll all end. And everything will be go back pretty much to the way it was. And that's the way shows worked back then. That's the way it happened. I've been rewatching some Bob Newhart show stuff like that happens on 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 Bob. Uh, so, um, let's see. I was gonna say there's a yeah there's like a three and a half minute long scene where they try to teach the Fonz to play tennis, um, but then the weird thing is that when so 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 what happens is he meets Adriana, nice older one, played by uh, Diana Highland, uh, and of course in the absolutely heartbreaking news, um, this aired. Uh, January 4th, 77. Would have been made a, m- a couple months before that. She was the original mom in Eight is Enough. She is in the first three episodes and then the fifth episode. She had breast cancer. She died on March 27th, 1977, which is heartbreaking. She, her and John Travolta were, were an item, and that's kind of kind of a sweet story, if you, if you re- regardless of what you think of John Travolta. Um, and I don't really have a problem with him. Um, he was in Blowout. For heaven's sake, um, there's kind of um, it's it's kind of a, it's kind of a sad story, and it's it's one of those weird. It's it's one of those weird things where um, it's a sad story to hear. She was only forty one, and it's one of those things like with Eight is Enough, where Eight is Enough in its first season is is fairly mediocre. But and I I don't mean this to sound crass, but when the second season begins. And and Dick Van Penn's character has has lost his wife. Um, there's kind of a certain sadness to the show that kicks in. And then when he meets Betty Buckley, that that kind of you know improves. But there's kind of um, the show. This is gonna sound horrible. The show really comes to life when this happens. When it goes from being this ridiculous family with the eight kids whose names I never remember. To being the single dad with the eight kids, and then eventually getting married, I think by near the middle end of season two. But there's something about it that um, that takes a show that's just uh, kind of thoroughly average to mediocre and makes it a decent show. Um, it's, you know, she she's very she's very good in the episode she's in. She's fun in this. I just think, like I said, I I just, I just think this is a muddled episode. So. So if we walk through it, it begins with um, uh, the Fonz and um, it begins with the Fonz and her meeting at Arnold's. Why don't they meet at the garage? Well, they don't meet at the garage because the show probably had like two, three sets. I, this this is my guess, having having been an extra on sitcoms and seen a few sitcoms shot. There are usually like three big sets. And so the standing set, you probably had Arnold's, and you had the living room, dining room, um, kitchen area, and then the other set was a rotating one. Sometimes it would be Fonzie's apartment, sometimes it would be whatever. Sometimes it would be the garage. In this one, it's clearly the, the tennis club, the, when they're, they're in the tennis club for, um, they're not there that long. They're only there for maybe like three, four minutes, maybe four, four or five minutes. But, it, but it's interesting in that, um, what that what that means is that the the episode begins kind of weird with someone's coming to pick up their car, but the Fonz isn't at the garage. He's at Arnold's. That doesn't make any sense, and it does it makes sense logistically for the show. But it doesn't actually make any sense. I mean, is this something he don't normally does? You know, when he asks Arnold, who's running the freaking restaurant, to keep an eye out, 
for this old lady. And then, you know, she shows up and she's not an old lady. She's an older lady. And, you know, the and her and the Fonz hit it off. And then what happens is um, uh, there is a great moment where the Fonz um, is describing something he says, and it goes like that. And the moment he snaps, like five gals suddenly rush up. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I love you all. That was, um, you know, that was, a, you know, like a rogue snap. I apologize. And, and um, Adriana's like, wow, that was really something. And he says, well, you know, it's, you know, it's a gift. Um, and then he, he, she ends up inviting him to tennis. Then we have the sequence where they have the virtual reality tennis match in the living room. The weird thing with that one being is that they spend like four minutes trying to show Fonzie how to fake tennis play. And you think it might cut to some footage of them playing tennis. Actually, you think it might cut to some footage of them playing tennis in Milwaukee. But the establishing shot seems to set it in the San Fernando Valley in in Los Angeles. Um, But then it immediately cuts to like this little bar area with a piano and everything. And it's after the tennis match. So it's... The tennis, the teaching them the tennis thing is fun, um, but I almost would have liked a little bit more between, you know, the Fonz and Adriana, kind of. I mean, they, they have some lovely moments um, uh, there. Um, I, I love the Fonz's reactions to everyone, <laughs> and when her he and Adriana sit at the piano and um, she starts playing I Only Have Eyes for You, and, and um, someone tips them. And uh, although the, the, the extras are a little too excited, like like at one moment, Richie, um, uh, they, they, play, they play doubles, Fonzie and Adriana play doubles with this couple, and the Fonz ends up decking the guy as the guy begins to kind of like vault over the net to con- you know congratulate him or shake his hand or whatever. And, no, they lose, Fonzie and, and it's his gal lose, um, but he decks the guy because he doesn't realize what he's doing. And uh, Richie is told, they want you to take out uh, a blind date with their daughter. And Richie's like, I don't do that. Then the daughter walks by, she's gorgeous. And uh, I found my thrill. And he goes to follow her. And the weird thing is, like, the audience laughs in hysterics and applauds. Um, Adriana there and the Fonz looks at him and they smile. But, like, half the extras, like, look at Richie, too, and smile as if they're like, oh, that's Richie from the television show Happy Days, and he's found his thrill. And it's a little bit, especially there's a guy, like, right there who, the moment the the girl walks by and the crowd goes, woo, and Richie kind of looks towards her, the guy, like, directly behind Ron Howard just is looking at him like, yeah, that's Richie. <laughs> he sees her. That's a little... He shouldn't be doing that, is what I'm saying, but it's amusing. And they go, um, and like I said, they go directly from that tennis scene to Fonzie talking to Mr. C and Richie, um, and Fonzie being a little pensive, a little weird about about going out with an older woman, and then it's invited to the spring dance, then we have the spring dance sequence, the Fonz learns something about her, the episode's over. It's weird, be- I, I guess the thing about it that's weird is, even the title Fonzie's Old Lady implies I mean obviously Fonzie's Old Lady is the is the joke on you know the the, the phrase oh you're my old lady it's the fact that she's slightly older um and maybe a little bit more than slightly older and but the of course Fonzie uh, Old Lady Fonzie's riding a motorcycle and the motorcyclist you know that's my old lady but usually when, when guys say that's my old lady she, they're the same age or she's a little younger or maybe just slightly older not actually like a 10 years or so older that's not what that means but obviously the, the episode's having fun with that but there's also a weird feeling it's 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 odd you you don't normally get in something like this where you set up this sort of romance um possible romance budding romance you don't normally set it up quite like this i mean because like the tennis match richie's there and this other couple's there and you know they have a few moments together adriana and the fonz but most of the time they're with other people so it's not really a date it's more of a like you know do you want to you know, go out with some of my friends for coffee or, or for hangout or something like that. And you're kind of getting to know, that's more like a getting to know them than a date. And then the Fonz invites you to the spring dance, which again is more like a getting to know them than a date. They haven't actually gone on a date when it ends. So it's kind of a weird, I mean, because I've had that happen plenty of times. I'm sure you all have had that happen too, you know, where I've like gone out with someone, that's a long time ago, but gone out with someone, I'd gone out with someone and so the first time, you know, get, not really a date, maybe, get, like I said, getting to know you. Maybe the second one's a date, maybe it's not, kind of thing. You're just kind of getting to know the person, kind of feeling out, you know, what they're like, what the vibe is. Um, and, and heck, I mean, the first, like, um, 
gal who went out with way back in high school, who was sort of my, my um, the gal who uh, went out with, through, through my, half of my senior year, you know, took her to the senior ball and such. We, um, um, you know, like the first time we went out, it wasn't really going out, it was someone invited her along and we did something or other we all went out to a movie or did something we had a good time her and i hanging out and then um it was actually after thanksgiving um it was actually after thanksgiving in the year 1990 for heaven's sake and she actually just called me up the the day after thanksgiving and said hey i want to go see uh, i want to see jacob's ladder had just come out i said oh i'd like to go see that yeah you want to go together yeah that'll be great and it wasn't a date per se it was just kind of like hanging out and watching a movie and then talking having a little something to eat and then a few days later we went out with friends again a mix of mostly her friends and then and then a few days later um we actually like went out on a proper date and began dating but so 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 the interesting thing with this for me is that like neither of these things that they're doing i would call proper dates they're getting to know one another and then it ends with, um, goodbye. We're done, which is, which is interesting because you don't see you don't see that a lot. I mean, you don't. You, I mean, because I've I've had that happen a lot too. You know, where it's been like, okay, you know, I'm gonna go out. Um, I'm gonna go out like when I. Uh, I'm not gonna go into great detail in it, but I've I've had plenty of times. You know, I've gone out with someone two times maybe three times and you're not sure where it's going and you kind of like each other but it's not really developing anywhere and then you just don't go out again you know it does it isn't like this where there's a hard sort of no we're stopping um but that just happens and it's interesting that the episode that's what the focus of the episode is it's not they don't have a relationship these two in the episode they they've they've literally just met each other a few days before and as far as we know when they stopped hanging out together is this is the second time not counting when they meet is the second time they've hung out together so it's it's not a relationship it looks like something that might be but then it stops before that happens and i do find it interesting that and but they do kind of pitch it as like hey the funds is really hung up on this gal and stuff like that but if you sort of look at the timeline that's not really what's happening they're still in the very early stage um although maybe for the funds is different um and then we can we can talk briefly about the Fonz, um, what he is, what he is up to in that scene with Mr. C and Richie, where they're sitting at the kitchen table, drinking milk, talking about the University of Hawaii, and the Fonz comes in and says, hey, you guys, stop talking about me, all right? My ears were burning. I know you're talking about me going out with an older woman, and it's not a problem. And they're like, what are you talking about? And you see that he has some insecurity about the fact that she is um, an older woman. Um but that's never that's not really dealt with in the episode because then mr c makes it well you can get by where she is can she get by where you go and that becomes that and then the older lady thing doesn't really come into play again it's almost like it does really feel like one of those weird episodes where like every few minutes everyone sort of forgets what what they were writing you know this is about to this is an episode about the Fonz maybe starting a new romance let's stop for four minutes and watch the Cunninghams play fake tennis in the middle of their living room you know let's uh let's focus on the Fonz is feeling weird about going out with a woman who's older and then completely deflect that off into something else and not come back to that. And the Fonz doesn't even have to deal with that because he's given an out at the end where he doesn't have to say, you know what? I mean, I mean, maybe he's worried. I don't know if he's worried about his image. Everyone seems to like her, though. I don't know if he's worried that because she's older, she might want more out of a relationship that he is willing to give. I mean, he was just with Pinky earlier in the season, and maybe he's he doesn't he wants to just keep having fun with a gal on Tuesday, a gal on Wednesday, a gal on Thursday, and maybe he thinks an older gal would um, uh, be you know be, want more, want something more serious. I don't know, um, and because it's never dealt with. And he, he he brings it up in that scene, and then Mr. C kind of dismisses it, and then it becomes something else, and then it ends. And you're like, what what was that about, Fonzie, when you when you brought that up? Because the episode doesn't deal with that. It's, it's, it's weird that you would bring up, you would call the episode Fonzie's Old Lady, you would make her older, and then you would bring, you would have the Fonz specifically bring that up, and then just dismiss it. And they dismiss it, and then the way they really dismiss it is sort of like an almost deus ex uh, machina kind of way, where um, 
the Fonz invites her to the dance. She's doing fantastic. Everybody loves her. Then Potsy realizes, spoiler, Potsy... Wait, that's right, they all play... T- I have the episode playing here. I forget they play tennis. Joni um, and Richie. Richie looking goofy in his shorts. And Joni looking nice in her tennis outfit. And Mrs. C looking good, too. And Mr. C looking goofy in his tennis shorts. <laughs> um, but... Um, yeah, and, and jo, Joni, jo, jo, another episode again where Joni doesn't have much to do, and in fact, Aaron Moran's performance in this one and somewhat in last one is she's really like channeling the the sitcom when she talks. You know, in the last one when she's talking about Jenny Piccolo, and this one when she's talking about how bad um, the tennis match went, things like that. And um, they need to give her more to do. I know if 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 you're taking this journey with me for the first time, you've heard me say that I believe the Fonz and Joni maybe more specifically, are the main characters of the show. Right now, you may be watching this episode going, Dan, what are you talking about? Joni's just this, this goofy this goofy kid, you know, she, uh, growing up, young woman, and just constantly giving the sass and, and being sitcom No, 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 so it's a weird episode to me because it never quite um it's not terribly satisfying and it's it's got some funny moments in it definitely but there's just something about the way where you sort of think okay Fonz what's gonna what's gonna happen here are you gonna say to her I think the age difference is too much are you gonna say you know I think we should do are you gonna explain to her the way you date you're not really dating yet so this is still ahead of you and maybe if you truly, if it's just a thing with, I just think you're a little too old for me. I'm so sorry. I can't handle it. But then what happens is, rather than letting the, the Fonzie deal with something, we learn, yeah, that, that Adrian is married, and Potsy is the one who, who knows this, and Richie tells Fonzie, and Fonzie confronts Adriana with it. She says, yes, my, my husband is like 4,000 miles away trying to buy oil wells, and we have an understand, we have an open relationship, you know, when he's gone. And the Fonz says, well, you know one of my rules and I was thinking, uh, no liver. And I thought, no, no, he, he grew to enjoy liver, or ish, by the end of that episode. Maybe something like never let down a friend. No, no, his rule is he doesn't go out with uh, ladies who are married. Um, and yeah, that's a good rule. I don't think we've heard that rule before. I don't know if we'll hear that rule again. He's made up the rule just for the... Maybe that's it. Maybe the moment he heard she was married, and when she explained everything, he made up that rule rather than having to deal with his own thoughts about her being older and him being kind of worried about that. And maybe he is kind of embarrassed that, like, hey, I'm the Fonz. I'm really cool. I'm I'm starting to see a really cool chick here. Um, but she's just, her age is bothering me. It's legitimately bothering me. Um, rather than having him deal with that, they bring up with, nope, she goofed it up she's married she shouldn't be doing this and then she's gone and she leaves and it's sort of it's unsatisfying I I find it to be an unsatisfying ending to an episode that I everyone's fine in it I just don't you know the 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 the, the fake tennis scene is fun. The fun at the tennis, the scene at the tennis club is fun. The fun at the scene is tub is club. The fiend at the sun, the sun at the the fee, the scene at the tennis club is fun. Um, but the rest of it is is just like it could have been churned out for any sitcom, and it's not particularly astounding. There are a couple good moments, but um, I don't I don't know why. Like after spending time with the fun, she's well. I guess they haven't really spent that much time together is what it is that that's one of the things is like like at the end she doesn't seem to quite fully understand this this is the font stagger drag spring dance um sorry um but there there is something weird like that i I wish she's older she wouldn't understand who the fonz is i guess but there is um but then she sees him snap his finger and all the girls come running and um so I think I think she's really she's just she's just having some fun and the Fonz is enjoying her company. Maybe it could lead to something else, and then it ends. And I think he's very relieved that it ends the way it ends, um, because it does it means he doesn't have to um, make a you know he doesn't have to deal with something in himself that he doesn't seem to quite like. He can just say sorry, I don't go out with married gals. Hit the skids. So I'll stop talking there and just mention the thing, the most important thing about the episode. So. 
It's uh, the the restaurant is Arnold's. It's a diner. It's a late fifties diner. It's hamburgers. It's hot dogs. It's all this other thing. But at once in a while, over the episodes, we've heard, we've seen stuff like, um, well, the liver. I mean, how how many like how many like hamburger joints have you been to that can serve you a big plate of liver? I would say very few. The Mc the McLiver did not go down well at the uh, Peoria McDonald's. So I, I think it's it's funny because every once in a while we've seen these, these little moments with Arnold where he's running this diner and it's the kids and they want their soda pop and they want their, their hot dogs and their hamburgers and their french fries and stuff like that. But Arnold seems to be up to a little bit more. The great thing about this episode is that Adriana really likes the smells coming from his kitchen which is the Italian food he's making so he brings her out some sort of pasta and in the end he brings her out veal cutlets and and your thought as this is happening is now how many kids who go into Arnold's are like hey I'm gonna I'm gonna get the hamburger and some french fries or should today should I get the breaded veal cutlets I get I get what they're doing there to make you know her uh, you know, to to show off, you know, that uh, even though she's in this diner, she likes the more refined tastes. And Arnold makes those. And he says, you know, family recipes and things like that. But it is a little weird that he has, you know, in a hamburger joint, he has veal cutlets standing by. Or maybe it's not weird. That just feels weird to me. Um, but the thing that's important is this is the first episode that really solidifies that even though Arnold is running a diner and he um, is is catering to the teens and their the hamburger, hot dog, french fry fixations, he really wants to make the Italian food. He really wants to make, he really wants to go his own way and do his own thing. And that will grow as the show goes along, and that will be the basis for Joni Love Shachi. And and I know some of you may have cringed. Oh, Joni Love Shachi, the worst. Well, you know what? I will say this as a um, as a precursor. If you search through um, the feeds, my podcast feeds, it's probably easiest on SoundCloud at this moment to do that because these are really old. And you go back to my podcast, Eventually Super Train, episodes one through eighteen. You will find myself in the great Amanda Reyes, author, archivist, film historian, TV movie historian, awesome person all around. Um, we discuss all eight, 17 episodes of Jonah Love Chachi in great detail. It's actually a pretty decent show, and I think a perfectly, a, a, not more than perfectly, a very, a very, a good, quite good spinoff from Happy Days. Um, now, unfortunately, we're not going to get to that for a very long time. But chalk this episode up to one of those moments where when you see how much Al, when he gets someone in the restaurant who appreciates the sauces he's making and the pasta and such, he can't stop bringing out these foods that the kids would never eat. That's precursor to the fact that the man wants his own Italian restaurant, and he will get his own Italian restaurant, but it will be some time from now. So that is Richard Branches Out. That is Fonzie's Old Lady. Now, we are going to have plenty of episodes like this that are just sort of um, sitcom running. You know, this is it's a well-oiled machine. And uh, some episodes are really great. Some episodes are really funny. And some episodes are just kind of fun to watch the characters you like do go through their shtick for 25 minutes. Occasionally, like with a few moments in, in, in Fonzie's Old Lady, there are bits where it's like, no, what is going on? Why can we deal with that a little bit? And they don't. But yeah, it's it's. I, I will be honest. Yeah, this is this is maybe the first episode of a very long time. If if at all, were both of the episodes to me are kind of a shrug. They're okay. Fonzie uh, Fonzie branches out. Richie branches out is great because of the Christmas stuff, and Fonzie's old lady has a few nice moments in it. But neither of these episodes do much for me. Um, but I'm sure the next ones will, and I don't remember what they are. But you know what? They're going to be freaking great. Actually, I can tell you what they are. Give me a second. The next episodes, which take us deeper into 1977, well, January, Time Capsule and the Book of Records. To be honest, as I'm thinking about these episodes, Richie Branches Out and Fonzie's Old Lady might be better than those two, but we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Sorry, this episode ran a little long. I think, um, you know, it's one of those things where when you... Um, when you uh, 
what is it? Uh, in Elizabeth, Elizabeth Sandifer's Tardis Rudatorum? I forget which volume. Maybe it's six. She says that people are very, very good at saying that they don't like something, but very, very bad at saying why. So I would bet you cash money the longer episodes of this show have been me dealing with why I wasn't, I didn't really like these two episodes. And the shorter episodes are episodes that uh, deal with Happy Days episodes that I like. And so it's easier for me to describe them. And it's easier for me to go through what I like. You know, because I, I don't want a bad mouth an episode because everyone's working hard and, and trying to get the show done and the show's number one in America so I'm an idiot with the microphone right here you know and, and the money to pay for a SoundCloud account I, I have I don't really have a right to, 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 to badmouth them but as someone who bought the DVD set I you know I'm a consumer who contributed to Happy Days so I, I think I, I I can work through it and it does take longer sometimes to work through why you don't like something than why you do. I mean, I could spend all day telling you why I love each film in the Back to the Future trilogy, but it would be a little trickier telling you why, you know, the Star Wars movies don't do much for me at all anymore. Um, maybe it won't be that tricky. But anyway, longer than usual. Everyone be good to yourselves. Um, and we will reconvene... When will we reconvene? Close to Christmas. This this episode, I'm, I'm putting up this episode in early December 2020. Um, hoping for a good Christmas month. Um, or we, uh, or December, month of December. Celebrate celebrate the holiday you celebrate. I, I do Christmas, so I always bring that up. But uh, yes, yeah, so the next episode will be Time Capsule, the Book of Records. I'm going to stop right now. Listen to this. Happy day. Happy day.